Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. I'm really, really excited for our guest today. We have the lovely Sophie Thorne with us. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Jazz. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm good. Great. So I've introduced you as the lovely Sophie Thorne, but for those that are listening, who is Sophie Thorne? What does she get up to? (laughs) I love that. So I am a serial entrepreneur and my job title, if you will, is business strategist. So I help women make the shift from solopreneur. So when they're running their business by themselves to CEO, really so that they can grow their business with ease. So I work predominantly with female entrepreneurs looking to do three things, streamline their strategy, create scalable systems and develop a CEO mindset. I'm sure we'll dig into this in way more detail in our conversation, but I started by working corporate for eight years as a strategy consultant. And then I set up, scaled, and then subsequently exited my first business, which was an e-commerce business. And I really learned what works and I guess what doesn't work in the process, Mm -hmm. which is what led me to build this current business where I can help other women to not make the same mistakes that I made and to be able to have that life and business of their dreams. I love that. And I love that you've kind of kept that strategy thread throughout. Um, How did you get into sort of corporate like strategy? Was that something you were super deliberate about or was it a more romantic story, I guess? (laughs) (laughs) So yes and no. So I studied French and Spanish literature at Cambridge. I loved it, but certainly not the most vocational degree in terms of graduating and knowing, okay, I've studied this, you know, I've studied medicine and now I'm going to become a doctor. So I definitely didn't have that. So when I graduated, honestly, I was a little bit lost about what I wanted to do. Mm. I had spent a year abroad living in Paris where I was a project manager at a translation company. And what I'd learned through that was that I liked to organize people and I liked Mm -hmm. to organize things. And I liked that kind of higher level view of things, that bird's eye view of things. And that doesn't mean I don't have an attention to detail, but I don't want to be doing the doing. I kind Mm -hmm. of prefer that kind of higher level view. So I sort of knew that, but honestly didn't really know what to do. So I found myself managing a pub in Mayfair whilst I was trying to figure out what I should do with my life. So it definitely, you know, just for anyone who might be listening, who might be at that point kind of thinking about their career or anything like that, it's success is definitely not a squiggly, it's definitely not a straight line. It's definitely a squiggly line. And I definitely have my fair share of squiggles. And I remember actually being quite disheartened because of course, if you don't know what you want to do, you can't even apply to a job. So Mm. I sat down with my dad, who is the best person to speak to about these kinds of things. And I was like, well, how do I figure out what I want to do? And he was like, write a list of all of the things that you're good at. 
and start there. So I wrote this list of all the things that I'm good at, which is why I mentioned kind of that year abroad in as a project manager and also managing the pub. I'd, what was really interesting about both those experiences, I started to understand what my strengths were, what my weaknesses are, what I like doing, and a much easier question to answer what I didn't like doing. So I actually, even though I couldn't mm-hmm. find the career I wanted, I had an idea of what I didn't want. And so I wrote all of these things down. And I think from memory, this is many years ago, but I think from memory, I like put some of these strengths into some sort of, you know, search engine for careers and consultant popped up. And that is what led me on this path. So it really, I mean, I don't know if you'd call that romantic, but it definitely was very random. (laughs) Like a new age, um, matchmaking of careers, get the words, plug them into the website thing and see what it spits out. Totally, totally. And as it happens, you know, and, and we can talk about this, as it happens, it was absolutely the right career for me and has yeah. it really laid the foundations for everything I've done since. But it really, you know, I did fall into it. And I, I speak now to, you know, to people earlier on in their careers or people looking to, to start businesses. And I'm like, don't worry so much about, that decision, like whatever that decision might be. I think people get mm-hmm. really hung up in, I've got to kind of do all this thinking and, 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 and get to a place where I know exactly what I need to do or want to do. And actually you can change or you can fall into something, which has happened to me twice in my career. And it has a tendency to work out okay, even if the job itself doesn't work out okay, or you have some sort of, I'm going to put it in air quotes, failure, because I don't really believe mm. in failure, but it was all learnings. You get something out of that experience that you can then apply to something else. And I really, becoming a consultant for me was very much that. Yeah, that is so amazing. I I love that. And um, it's even more interesting for me because we've worked together um on your growth edit program and as soon as you said you like um putting things together and organizing and I like out of all of the programs that I've been a part of the experiences that I've invested in to grow personally but also as a, a business owner and a CEO as as you mentioned like it just spoke my language <laughs> I love a tool. I love a system. I love a template. I love a spreadsheet. Like all of that actually makes me feel safe. (laughs) And I've always been that way. Like I was the only teenager with like a grid for their five-year plan. Like this is what we're doing right now. We get these GCSEs, these colleges. And then if we get some work experience in the summer on this, and like, I like to plot it out and I spend a lot of time in the bird's eye view. And then I go back into the day to day. And I think that was one thing that um, I definitely picked up from taking part in your program is that it really did teach me that it's important to take the bird's eye view. Whereas I'd sort of approached entrepreneurship as a just throw the stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And that became so, so exhausting. Um, and I think that was one thing that kind of stayed with me in terms of us working together of like, you actually, you can have a strategy. It doesn't have to be the messy, painful way. You can actually sort of learn that. So hearing kind of that, that has always been a part of you and your career just lets you bring it out and share it with people like me who need a little bit of that in their life is, is so, so interesting for me. 
Yeah, and I really agree. And actually, I think as soon as I sort of started my career, I was definitely like that at, at school and at university. But once I started my career, I, I much like what you're describing, then had this new roadmap. So it was all about mm-hmm. what skills did I need to gather? What experience did I need? What needs to happen next? And so I think that it comes back to my point about not worrying too much sometimes about each individual decision. Because if you can take that mm. step back and you can do that bird's eye view, you start to see, I guess, your life or your career as puzzle pieces and you're kind of putting them together. And it isn't mm. going to be a lovely straight line, you know, <laughs> full of roses, but it, it does mean that the puzzle pieces fit quite well together. Um, and yeah, my, my mind, unfortunately, doesn't doesn't do unstructured. I say unfortunately, because <laughs> it, it, it sometimes, you know, it does mean the more creative side of things are a little bit harder for me, but that kind of very structured, very neat, very tidy, very organized view of things is exactly, you know, what made me good as a consultant, you know, made me good, now makes me good as an entrepreneur and is effectively what I help people with because that very much is my zone of genius. Mm. And zone of genius, I love that you brought that up because that's something that you brought to my attention. What is, what is zone of genius? So a zone of genius is really when you're, it, it's when you're in what's called the flow. So it's that moment when when maybe you're doing a certain activity, whether that's in your personal life or in your professional life, and everything kind of almost feels like it's happening magically. It's you're just the right amount of being challenged, just the right amount of finding it easy, just the right amount of excitement that you produce the output, the performance is something that you'd want to repeat in a, again and again, not just because of the output, but because of the way that it makes you feel. And when it comes to running a business or indeed your career, the amount of time and energy that you spend in your zone of genius really determines how successful, how happy and how mm. fulfilled you might be. So uh, what I like to do is think about, actually much like when I was doing my career, think about your strengths. You know, what's gotten you this far in business or what's gotten you this far in your career? And think about the things that you enjoy doing, the things that you feel really good at. And effectively, the idea is to double down on them and get rid of tasks, activities, people, things that don't kind of fit into that. So you really want to start saying no, where possible, I recognize if you're employed, it's a little bit harder, but where possible, start saying no to things that don't fit into that highest strength. So questions maybe to ask yourself are things like, what do I love the most? You know, what do I love so much that when I'm doing it, it doesn't maybe feel like work or I don't Mm. get bored doing it. Or I like to ask my clients the question, like I'm at my best when, and list a set of activities when you're at your best. And sometimes as I said earlier about my career, it can be easy to figure out the things you don't want and start there. So what do you dislike the most? What drains you? What do you find difficult? You know, what do you struggle to do? And what's really interesting about zones of genius is they, if you imagine it as, I guess, a a quadrant and you're trying to move into the top right-hand corner, which is your zone of genius, it then splits again. So I have worked in, I've worked with corporates and in teams when, for example, there was a I worked with a startup that had a finance manager. And at the time she was doing everything. They only had one person in finance. So she was doing it all. And we did the Zona Genius exercise and we redid it every quarter. And as the team grew, she was able to keep moving more and more into her Zona Genius. So for her, actually, what fulfilled her wasn't necessarily getting a promotion, i.e. moving up the ladder in the traditional mm. sense. What fulfilled her and would make her happy was getting more and more specialized. So by the time I actually stopped working with that company, 
of course, she'd progressed both in terms of financially and in terms of promotions. Of course she had, but she'd also become more of an expert. And that was the thing that really lit her up rather than just going finance manager to the sake of argument CFO. There was actually Mm. something more, there was a path for her that that was more relevant. And I think zone, zone of genius, whether you're employed, whether you're an entrepreneur is such a powerful exercise to do and redo on a regular basis to make sure that you're really aligned with the things that you're good at and the things that you like rather than living life on someone else's terms yeah 100% I think having that interrogation is so so powerful because I think we can fall into living life on someone else's terms without realizing it um especially in the moments like that where the other person proverbial the other person's plan for all intents and purposes is actually quite good and you start to question I'm meant to want a promotion right I'm, I'm meant to want to be team lead and manager so okay why not and then you get there and you realize actually no I kind of wanted to be the specialist who does this for the team and I just spend my days doing this part of the process as opposed to managing people but it means having the conversation with yourself and actually doing the exercise of understanding exactly like where am I best where 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 and when am I at my absolute best um and you touched on something in your description of zone of genius that is is definitely something that my career has probably been teaching me for a while uh probably for the past year um and that's letting things be easy understanding that it's okay for things to be easy you know you mentioned your zone of genius having just the right amount of it feeling easy and you being good at it and talented at it and I think that's something that a lot of people sort of struggle with because we associate our careers our businesses our jobs with hard work and it constantly feeling like effort um and it, it reminds me a little bit or takes me back to sort of like primary education I think even secondary at a certain point where you get a grade and you get a grade for effort and a grade for achievements, you kind of get this double pronged thing. So you get used to seeing five and five, four and four. Um, But then when you get into the real world and you think about the people who are successful, whether it's in their careers um, or in life, um, they've reached this place where the achievement is a five, but the effort's a three and that's okay. Or the effort's a one. And that effort literally looks like delegation or building a strategic team right talking from the point of view of working inside a company who said that you have to do absolutely every role there because you bring in someone else who if you each specialize on something you could kind of basically be like power rangers i'm showing my age i do this in every episode but you know you could be like a power ranger you know you're each one color you really you know double down on that color and then when you come together you are a mighty morphing um power ranger yeah, I, I, 100%, awesome. I, I 100% agree. No, I absolutely agree. I A couple of things come up for me as you say that. I think absolutely that idea of hard work is societal. It's systemic to a certain extent that we are taught that you only get results if you work hard. And our education system is entirely based off the back of that, you know, all the mm. way you know, from, from, as you say, primary school, all the way up to university, to be completely honest. And so 
and, 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 you know, even if you choose to do something more vocational and maybe you go to college for something more vocational, it's the same thing. There's a pass or a fail, a grade that, you know, you're mm. always at that. And of course, as you say, in the real world, you know, that doesn't exist. So I think that it's a mindset shift that needs to happen. And I don't think we're, as a nation, as a society, we're educated around that mindset shift, that actually it's absolutely okay to be a one at effort and a ten at output if, mm. you know, if that's what it is. I think the other thing that you, that you mentioned about building a team is it's also the reason that people often get it wrong, if you will, when they build a mm-hmm. team. The idea is that you should be hiring A players. You should be hiring people that are better than you to take things off your plate because they are a better marketeer than you, copywriter than you, um, yeah. accountant than you. You don't need you know, clones of yourself. You need people who have their own zone of genius to tie this into what we're talking about and can go off mm-hmm. and take their zone of genius and be really good at it to free you up if you're a manager to manage the team and, and bring the team together. And I think that because we're taught you know, at a very young age, this idea of hard work and 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 effort and output. I think the working world, including entrepreneurship, but the working world mm-hmm. has a lot to learn in terms of it's not about a number of hours that someone's being someone's putting in. It's about their yeah. output. You know, frankly, if someone I work with can do their job in four hours and wants to take the rest of the day off, good for them. Good for them. You know, I, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing as long as I get the output that I'm looking for at the quality level that I'm looking for. And the second thing that I think we need to relearn is how we put together teams and how we hire so that we're not incentivized, if you will, to hire people who are worse than you that you can sort of just boss around but you were incentivized to hire people who are very very good at what they do and can genuinely take things off your plate yeah and I love that you brought that up because it's productivity is huge like that becomes you know and I go as far to say there's so much around productivity porn and at the time of us recording we are kind of what I'm hoping towards the mid slash tail end of a global pandemic and I think this global pause has helped people realize that it's harmful it's a harmful narrative and a harmful belief like going back to it being a mindset that causes us to stay online beyond our time that causes us to stay in front of our screens causes us to feel immense guilt for relaxing yeah right yeah. immense guilt for relaxing and you know there's there's parts of it that are honorable. You know, I know people that were on furlough and they hated it because they felt they weren't be being they weren't being productive. You know, and I get that. We we want to turn our hands to something. It is something that gives us structure and gives us that fulfillment. Um, but once it reaches the point of you overworking, we can often not see it until it's too late because we just think I'm being productive. And productivity is ultimately about the output. Definitely. We decide what the input is. If the output is high quality, the output is efficient, if the output is evolved, if the output is you checking the box, then you've been productive. But we have to be more flexible about how we get to that. We have to be more flexible about what that input is mm-hmm. and arguably start to understand that actually when you get to a space where the input is much less, but the output is growing, then like you're a win-win. Even if you're listening to somebody who's in finance, that's, you know, that's a win. That's a wonderful ratio, right? Much less. Yeah. Anybody who's kind of in your role, 
the idea of you being able to spend one hour on something that then gives you back three or, you know, things like that, insert whatever you need into this productivity machine, but understand that it doesn't need to be an equal sign in the middle of that input and output, or it doesn't need to be a sort of 10 to one ratio of input and output. Um, And what else do we give up along the way of that? Like, what does it mean for us to show up in this, this way that is really centered around hard working and being seen to be working hard. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think a few things come up. I think we've got to remember that the Holy Grail is having more, gaining more with less. And and I know that's against, you know, that's an unpopular opinion because that is against kind of societal norms, but actually could you think of anything better, you know, earning your salary, but only having to work a couple of hours a day and, and, you know, Obviously, when we're not in a global pandemic and you can go yeah. and enjoy time with your kids or whatever it is, of course, yeah. you know, that, that truly is, you know, a level of freedom that I think truly does represent the Holy Grail. I actually posted something on Instagram maybe just two days ago that was around, mm-hmm. you know, let's normalize doing things with ease and stop kind of glorifying the hustle. And I think we, we very much do glorify the hustle. And I think the other thing that comes to mind is, yes, you're busy, but busy doing what? Is it stuff that's truly a needle mover if you will both mm. you know for the company you work for if you're indeed you work you know you have your own business within your own business or is it busy for the sake of appearing busy without meaning to of course these things happen sometimes yeah. just because that's part of our culture and your point about what are you giving up to be that busy is so pertinent I really it's effectively this aligns very well with what I teach entrepreneurs when mm. we're lying on our deathbed sorry to be a bit morbid for a second but when we're lying on our deathbed we're not going to think about that extra hour we spent perfecting that powerpoint for our boss or that extra mm. two hours we spent you know helping a client with something we are going to think about the moments, the experiences with people we love. We're going to think about, I don't know, traveling to a new place or, and there may be Mm. an immense pride in our career. I don't want to dismiss that. And I recognize that, but there is more to life than just work. And it's finding that balance, whatever that balance might look like to you. I'm not suggesting it's going to be a 50, 50 split, Mm. but you find that balance. You're actually truly twin. You're able to truly enjoy the results of your work, whether that's financial results or other kinds of results. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyment. We're allowed to enjoy. Mm. <laughs> We're like allowed to enjoy our careers and our lives. We're actually allowed to enjoy them. They don't have to be this sort of thing that we just go through. Yeah. Um, and I think I think there's a lot of people sort of waking up to that over the past year, year and a half, even I'd go as far to say. Mm. Yeah, totally. Agree. Yeah. So digging back into your career, so strategy consultant, ran your own business, learned the lessons, exited exited from that business, and then now working as a strategist. In this moment, 2021, what is your career teaching you? So a couple of things. I think patience and perseverance, and I kind of would put the two together despite having already had a business and and knowing that that you know great things take time and now helping other people with their businesses and seeing that great things take time it's very easy when it comes to your own business or your own career to think that everything needs to happen straight away and so the combination of persons and uh, p- patience sorry and perseverance i'm now trying to combine the two words into one <laughs> new word um the combination for me is around 
the patience to sort of sit with it, to sit in it and mm. wait's the wrong word, but allow the good to happen, allow the learnings to happen. And the perseverance is that you kind of need to do the same thing, if you will, over and over again, quite consistently to see the results. Mm. I recently have started teaching aspiring entrepreneurs. So, you know, previously my business was very much focused on helping people who already had a business, even if it was a very small early stage business to grow it. Whereas now I'm really sort of helping people who have an idea to start a business. Um, And one of the things that I'm really trying to drill into them is, you know, have one target market, one offer, do it consistently for one year. And you can see, Mm -hmm. as I'm telling them, you know, their eyes are wide and they're like, what? And, you know, I know it's a bit of an unpopular opinion, but it really, that patience and perseverance is all about that. It doesn't, success does not happen overnight in whatever field you're in. Mm -hmm. And it's about having the patience and perseverance to stick with it, to keep going, keep trying, because that's when the results come. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. And that's definitely something that I I tried and then I started to unravel it. But it's a piece of business advice that I wish I had three years ago when I started my business. Because again, like going back to what I mentioned, where I just, you go into it head first, you experiment. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with experimenting, but if the whole thing is an experiment, how are we truly learning from it? And last year I was like, actually, what are the, out of all of the things I've done in my business, what are the things I want to do? And I was just like, it's one-to-one coaching and it's launching the membership for ambitious women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the membership's a bit of a cheat code because I can create workshops and put it inside. I can write blogs and put it inside. But it is kind of a layered thing. It's about making things easy. It's a container. And I now finally get why some people in the the service-based business space call things containers. Because it is just, it's a holder. It's a wrapper against lots of different stuff. But um, the minute that I decided to do that, it became so much easier to show up. It became so much easier to know what opportunity is truly an opportunity. and to actually see growth, to actually plan strategically, i.e. long-term. Because I knew that what I'm doing today, I'm still going to be doing in 12 months' time. It might have evolved, but it's still going to be work with me one-to-one membership. You know, I I do workshops outside of that. This is what I mean, where I'm just like, squeezing it open a little bit. But in terms of what the core thing is, that's what they are. And it felt so counterintuitive. And I grappled with it. So even like what you mentioned, unpopular opinion, I had to sit with it. And I had to, it was after several people who I respected in business, actually confirming, yeah, I do one thing and I do it really, really well. And even, you know, there's some coaches that I've worked with that go as far to say, look, once the thing is making a million or it's making six figures or once it's making insert figure... Totally. Then you can run off yes. and skip off and do yes. whatever. And also part of that scaling. And, and I think that was the that was the thing that I wasn't exposed to where I'm exposed to it now. Understanding how women who are like maybe eight steps in front of me make it possible to do several things. Yeah. And, and it's quite interesting because I'm not necessarily motivated by money. I'm comfortable with money. I I work on my money mindset, my value, and it's a huge thing that we worked on together as well. Um, But when I realized that 
what that money actually symbolizes is me being able to pay for a team, me being able to take six weeks off my business and nothing stops, Mm -hmm. me being able to do things with greater ease, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. me being able to show up how I, you know, exactly how I want to. Um, And I thought about that hypothetically. And then I'd probably say in terms of my business, when it took a step, I'd probably say over the last three to four months, where that's exactly what it was. I'd I'd gained some really great clients. And I literally turned to my partner and I said, oh, I'm getting more hours from my operations lead. Like literally this weekend, I came up with an idea. I'm not going to tell you all what it is because it's still brewing. But I literally came up with an idea. And this idea would have ended up just in a Google Doc by itself if it wasn't for the fact that I said, this money is a resource for me to truly create the business that I want. Mm-hmm. and create the things that I want and the experiences that I want. So this idea is nuts, but I can do it because my business has grown to have the structure. Not I can do it because I've got all the money in the world. This is not what I'm saying, peeps. When I have all the money in the world, I will let you know, we'll have an entire episode on it. But I had more. I I had that abundance and I wanted to sow that into more intentionality. Like even I joke about this, but my accountant is just like, every time I do your books, I just learn about new softwares. And I said, yeah, I, I literally, I spoil myself in my business. I've done it since day one because I said, look, I have a full-time job and I'm happy to sow my salary into my business. And if that means that I have all the tech automations and I'm paying Zapier and I'm paying Squarespace or whatever, I'm fine with that. It brings me joy. Mm. Which you've touched on something really important though. You know, we talk about one target market, one niche, you know, one offer for one year and all these ones, if you will. But Mm. what is also really important is to love it because if you're going to be patient and you're going to persevere and you're going to reinvest profits into it and all the things that that you and I have discussed, you have to love it. And that is such Mm. an important component of it. So, you know, you talked about things evolving. They will evolve and you want them to continue to evolve so you continue to be happy, fulfilled, and love what you're doing because otherwise there just isn't any point yeah once it becomes difficult and there's a difference between it being challenging and difficult challenging is what we talk about when I ask you you know what is your career teaching you right now that's a challenge those are definitely going to come but once it becomes difficult then it's a different story and I think for me how that's shown up um it's me understanding the ways that I've made things difficult for myself mm-hmm. when and they don't need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a continuous thing all the time being like, why am I overthinking this? Mm-hmm. Why am I staying up late when I know I should be, <laughs> you know, and it's those micro decisions. It's like what we touched on before around productivity. It's not like we're doing this on purpose to self-sabotage. It is, it happens. And we're 45 minutes in and we're just like, I literally just spent 45 minutes scrolling. Yeah, this is not my this is not my plan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's hit reset. Yeah, but you need the official definition of flow, which I'm not going to remember, sort of off the top of my head. <laughs> talks about you needing challenges. So when mm. you're in the flow and you're you're feeling good, if you will, you do have challenges. But it's not mm. those kinds of icky obstacles that either we put in our own way or life throws to test us. It's the challenges in of when you're growing and learning, which is a very different Mm. kind of challenge. Yeah. And like speaking of growing and learning, because I think throughout this conversation, and I've always found this really refreshing about you, is that you're super self-aware. 
And I love that because it inspires, it inspires me to be that way. Um, and not in just like self-aware for the sake of self-aware, but like as in actually knowing myself helps me navigate life. And that's a huge belief of mine. So I'd love to just ask, you know, what are the lessons? Like if you could share three, three lessons or three pieces of advice for those who want to know how to create a career with ease, want to know how to step into being a CEO um, of a business that they, they love and they're fulfilled by, you know, what, what would that advice be? The first one is to ask for help and that does not have to be paid help. I'm not necessarily talking delegation only here. It's just that we have a tendency to want to figure things out on our own, want to do things on our own. And I think that asking for help, certainly for for my business, even for my career has been so helpful that that mentor, that person to share with that community, I actually don't care what it looks like for you, whoever's listening, it's just having that support and knowing that you've got someone or a group to go to to ask for help as you navigate the next stage. There is no prizes for sort of doing it all yourself and trying to figure it out on your own. And it's so important to lean into the experience of people who've done something that you want to do or who can teach you something. So that's almost that's almost all three of my lessons, if you will, because it, it, for me, it is just so, so important. I think the second lesson, which is almost a quite personal lesson for me, but I think is valid for anyone listening, is to do the mindset work. And I don't necessarily mean that in the in a woo-woo sense, not that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that, but I would consider myself to be quite a practical person. But I didn't realise, and I have realised over the past 18 months, how much I was holding myself back and how much my thoughts or beliefs or limiting beliefs, if you will, were the reason that I wasn't able to scale my business to that, to that next level, meant that I wasn't able to get that opportunity, that I wasn't, you know, if you're in a career, you're not able to negotiate that pay rise or get that promotion. Often yeah. we, you know, putting aside systemic issues in, in, in a company that you might work for, often we are part of the problem in that we either allow it to happen or we truly believe. And it's sometimes it's so internalized, you can't even separate it from your own voice, mm-hmm. if you will. But there's this inner critic, this, this inner dialogue, you don't deserve that pay rise, or you couldn't, you know, you couldn't possibly go for that promotion, or, you know, you're never going to be able to scale your business to six figures or multiple six figures or seven figures. There, there's that inner voice. And I think the only solution that I found to that is doing the mindset work, whether that's journaling, whether that's meditation, whether that's therapy, whether that's whatever, there's so much stuff out there and you have to find the thing that works for you. But I think that is so important. And I think that leads me on to the third big lesson, which is be you. And I I know that sounds a bit cheesy, but I, again, I think I've tried, I did try when I talk about what I learned, you know, in a a negative sense, if you will, in my Mm. lessons, in a negative sense from my first business. And even to a certain extent from my career, I was trying to copy others for want of a better word. I saw someone mm-hmm. else have a certain degree of success and thought that was the way that I wanted. I saw people with a particular type of career and thought that was the career I was going for, which is why I stayed in consulting for so long. Mm-hmm. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't the right path for me. But I was so 
preoccupied by what others were doing and the the way that others were doing was the right way that I wasn't being authentic to myself I wasn't trusting myself and I ended up on a different path and this has happened again to me quite recently last November we're, we're recording this in February 2021 so in November 2020 I overhauled my business and I'm three years in and it was working if that makes sense so if you were to look at my PL, if you were to look at my client roster, if you were to look at all of that, it was all working, but it wasn't working for me. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting the joy, the ease, the flow, the abundance, the right levels of challenge. And so I, it was scary, but I shook it up. I shook up my entire team. I shook up the way I deliver offers and products to the world. And I'm still very much in that, I'll be completely honest, but I'm out of the other end of that feeling much more like Sophie. And I think there is, there is such a, that kind of gut, your, you know, your inner compass, whatever you want to call it is so, so powerful and stepping into that power, regardless of whether it's for your career or for your business, I think is so important. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So ask for help, do the mindset work, be you. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, so where can people connect with you? I feel like we've jumped into so many juicy um, topics and I couldn't help sort of stepping in there and sharing some of the things that I had learned while we were working together because I think you've had an impact on my career and also hearing how, yeah, how your career came about, if that makes sense. It's going to sound like really wishy-washy, but um, I think having this conversation just reiterates how important it is for us to go for the careers that we want because there's people waiting for us. Like what you do today can benefit someone else and those decisions simply by sharing, but also by showing up. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that you showed up and created a way for us to work together and created a way for us to meet um and and things like that and I and I just want to empower anyone that's listening to say like it matters like you have your own ripple effect um to make in the world through your career um even though it may not feel that way now it definitely is true totally I'm nodding vigorously here on uh, my side (laughs) so yeah I really agree with that yeah how can people connect with you find out more about your work So I tend to hang out most on Instagram. So I'm at Mrs. Sophie Thorne with an E on Instagram. Otherwise, my website, sophiethorne.co.uk. If you're an entrepreneur, I've got tons of free resources, free trainings, that kind of thing. So it's the best place to start to kind of find out a little bit more about some of the things that we've discussed today. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Um, I'm sure we will have you back again so we we can check in on the overhaul right um maybe it's a november episode who knows we'll see but thank you so much thank you for having me jazz thanks for listening to this week's episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you Did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the Career Clubhouse? You can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops. Check the links in the show notes for more info. As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.